Ciao ragazzi and welcome back to Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast for your Calcio to go. Uh, I'm Frank Crivello, apparently Richard Karma dressed for uh, Bundesliga Zeitung uh, or something like that. Ciao Richard, what the hell is that? It's a fourth division team, I got to represent anybody, I don't care, this way. it's a nice jersey, I like it. So. Oh, is that's not the, oh that isn't the national team. No, that's no, the... no, no, this is a... Uh, tennis Borussia Berlin, they're like lower, lower division, regional La Liga, you know, lower leagues. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Do they pay them or they might as well pay me for this jersey? I don't know, that's a game. <laughs> I got it from one of those Bundesliga boxes or whatever, you know, surprise jerseys you get. So, you know, can't complain. Chat is already lively. Apex Crafter finally joining us for the first time, you know, longtime follower of us on Twitter. Uh, so good to have him in, George. Good to see you. Um, Ollie, Ollie. Anthony, everybody, the usual cast of characters. I'm sure more will be visiting us as we go. Uh, how was your weekend? Um, yeah, <laughs> it was it was a long one. Uh, I spent most of it in my yard working, but uh, it was good. Can't complain. Okay. Worked on some things for Syria. I'll sit down on the background that uh, we'll, we'll unveil at some point. But uh, yeah, things have been good. Lots of calcio. Um, good games around the around the world. So I don't know. What about you? Uh, it was a good weekend. Uh, d- d- was playing golf until we got rained out and watched to uh, try to fit in what calcio I could. Visited with some family, things like that. VJ is with us. Good to see you, VJ. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, just did, you know, kind of did a little bit of everything this weekend. So, uh, you know, certainly, uh, certainly enjoyed it as always. Um, not a kind of a blah weekend for Serie A here on match week two. Not a lot of goals. Interesting one. Wasn't um, it? A number of scoreless draws. What were there? Four? I think four. One, three, two, two four. three, four. Yeah. Yeah. Four scoreless yeah. draws um, in one match week. Not a great advert for our league, but nonetheless, it's very early days and people are still trying to get figured out. So, um, so what we will do since the, since the Serie A teams didn't want to score a lot this weekend, is uh, this edition of Serie A Sit Down. We're going to uh, do something a little bit different. We're going to break away from what the normal format is. We're going to just uh, take a look at each team, um, spend a couple minutes on each, uh, and um, talk about what we're seeing so far. Do we kind of believe in what we're watching? Do we think some, some things are going to change or, you know, um, maybe trying to help fan bases that are listening to this podcast as far as, um, you know, should you be excited? Should you be grouchy? Should your expectations be tempered? So uh, that is what we are here to do. So ready to uh, dive into this, Richard? Let's go. Let's figure it out. Let's do it. Um, we should get the goals of the week out of the way that that because I mean, the, the uh, it was definitely quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, Ali Ali saying I was sort of expecting this though. So yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't. I, I'm used to goals right now uh, in City. Uh, so uh, my goals of the week uh, in at number five, um, I'm going with Lotaro Martinez's goal uh, for Inter uh, against Spezia. Really reminded me there was something 
Massimo Odo to Clarence Seedorf to Kaká about that yes. goal circa right. 2007 against uh, right. Manchester United. So yeah. uh, pretty much the same goal. Um, you know, uh, great ball. Uh, the, although it was Barella, a, a midfielder, and not a not a fullback like 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 Odo was. Um, and uh, Lukaku weighs the header backwards perfectly. Latara Martinez volleys at home. Uh, that got the party started uh, for the Nerazzurri. Uh, my number four is Kvice Kvaracchkalea's second goal against Monza. Uh, dribbling past the defender. And uh, that one's not higher because he dribbled past Andrea Ranocchia. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, he which, stole the move, though. I think he would have got any defender. Which, if Andrea Patania wasn't play, Andrea Patania probably dribbles past him in training every day, uh, just to kind of give everybody some perspective. Um, number three, I will go with uh, Ismail Benacer's equalizer um, against Atalanta. Very nice curling goal there uh, from the Algerian to cap off what was a very impressive overall performance from him in that game. Uh, number two, uh, I'm going back to Kavara, his first goal uh, against. Monsa, brilliant curling goal there. Uh, but all all those goals could have been goal of the week candidates in any other week, except yeah. for Domenico Berardi's volley from distance <laughs> against Lecce uh, for Sassuolo to win 1-0. Uh, and a goal that for me is right now leader in the clubhouse for goal of the season. We have yeah. 36 more match weeks to sort that out, but that's going to be my top five. How about you? That's a pretty good top five. My top five is not too different from you um number four number i'm going to honorable mention first uh Havracelia going with his second goal the one that he walked around the defender ranokia being a defender uh nice goal though he's solid fake and, and got the finish with the left foot coming to number five i want to go with benacer's curler i like the goal a lot there's a lot of good goals this week uh benacer's curler obviously the equalizer in that game big goal uh, nicely well done. Number four for me is a save. Skorupski save on Illich uh, in the game. It was 0-0 at that point. Could okay. have been a game winner. Wonderful save by Skorupski. It was a bullet of a shot by Illich. So that's number four for me. Number three, Lautaro from Lukaku. Uh, Lula, Lululemon combination, whatever you want to call them these days. Uh, Havracelia, his first goal. Brilliant goal. And obviously, Berardi, uh, one of the goals of the season. They will, will certainly be in the running for it. So, uh yeah, we're pretty much on, on par. I just I just added in the uh, Skorupski save. I liked a lot. Big save considering the moment, the situation of the game. It could have been a game winner, uh, and it was really well placed by Illich. So you know, bravo to Skorupski for that. There you go. That's that's our recap on um, that's our recap on the, on the goals from the weekend. Uh, so we've had two games each, Richard, uh, for everybody. And let's just start at the top with Napoli. They're they're seemingly they seemingly have made the most impressive start. Uh, two proceedings. If you're just measuring this based on score lines, yeah, um, outscoring uh, Monza and Hellas Verona nine to two. Uh, so let's so let's let's look at this. Okay, so so Farajkelia jumps on the scene, and let me let me just because this is our first time talking about Napoli in reviewing their games. You know, we we the last one we did was the night before they played against Hellas Verona. And we talked about in the preview that we thought that this was an excellent signing, that he was going to be a very good player. You got a lot of, you know, the thing that I'm trying to like push back to people on is there's a lot of people that were fawning over him. Some, you know, many people were talking about him being the breakout player of the season. We are talking about him being a breakout player, uh, probably the breakout player. Fine. Um, 
let, let's start with him because he seems to be the the kind of the uh, the, the flavor of the week here, and um, I'm not surprised he's having this kind of success early on, and I will tell you why. Um, and, and it's a couple of reasons. First of all, it was against Hellas Verona and Monza, a Hellas Verona team that is being reshuffled at the moment, and a Monza team that is newly promoted. Um, and look like as, as much as we think they might survive because they've got the quality to do so, they certainly have their deficiencies. And if you're going, you know, Monza might be a team, might be a team that this is the time to play them. Um, so that's one thing. Okay. Uh, so the, the other, the other reason why I'm not surprised at his start is I saw him play for his national team on a handful of occasions for Georgia. Okay. And and a lot of this is because of daily fantasy soccer and Nations League and things like that and picking players. And he was in the slates and wanted to watch him play. So it's him and then it's everybody else on that team. You know, I couldn't tell you another player on that team. Um, so imagine being a, a, a power going up against them. You have to – that's the one guy you got to deal with, Right. Um, that's the one guy you've got to try to figure out how to slow down. And you essentially slowed down Georgia when you played them. Well, I'll tell you what, he still produces. He goes at defenders. He draws fouls. So he's the focal point, And now he's on a Napoli team where there's a wealth of talent around him. You can't just close in on him. So there's more freedom for him, you know, to excel. So those are two reasons that I'm really not surprised at his start to the season. Wonderful player. Not surprised to see him having success here early on. Yeah, no, I, I agree about that. I've also been watching him when he was at Georgia and, and uh, his early stages when he was with Napoli, I was in the preseason and, and look, look at some of his prior stints as well. And yeah, I mean, he is as advertised, uh, as you mentioned, he, he still produces no matter what. And now he's with a squad that has the depth, a pretty scary depth, honestly, because they focus on him. You're going to leave Osiman open. You're going to leave Zelensky open. You're going to leave Lobotko open, Engisa open. You know, so many options at Napoli. And so you have to be careful when you defend him. And so now he'll get more freedom. So I, 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 I agree with your assessment that, you know, hey, look, it's Monza and Verona. You should temper your expectations. But I think he's going to do well. Now, the, now, what everyone, I think, agrees, at least in the chat, is how does he do against the top six team, right? Because that's when the you know, better defenders, gonna, better tactics, going to go against him. How is he going to do it? And granted, Napoli have fantastic talent around them that it'll be hard to double him. Because if you do, you're going to leave somebody wide open who's going to put a ball in the back of the net. And so you have to be careful with that. But how does he def- how does he go against those top top defenders uh, and top tacticians in the league? That'll be the true test to see if whether he is a breakout star or on the precipice at very early stages of a world class player. World class players can do it game in and game out, no matter who the competition is, right? Cristiano Ronaldo, prime example. Whenever the bigger the game, the bigger he plays, right? And I, there's a lot of players you can even say about that. Um, so that's time will tell how good he will be, but not surprised at all what he's doing. Uh, it's it's nice to see him, you know, on 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 City A and doing the things he's doing. You know, we saw just glimpses glimpses here and there, and getting to watch him the last two games uh, and even in the preseason. It's 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 been nice to see what he can do. But again, let's temper our expectations of him. I think we think he's a fantastic player. But let's see what he does as the as the skill and the and the competition gets stronger. When they get in the Champions League, how does and, and or European play, how does that come into play? Um, 
let's see what he's made of then. But for now, I really like what I see, and I like what I see from Napoli as well. But yeah, nine to two with two teams that are not the greatest in the world. You know, it's it's you don't want to rush to judgment just yet with Napoli, but boy, they look good. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll take you back to the uh, preview pod that you and I did. And I made a comment about a certain player that was going to have to step up for this Napoli thing to work with all of the departures they've had. And that is Piotr Zielinski. And guess what? Piotr Zielinski has stepped up big time, scored against Hellas Verona, two assists against Monza, created six big chances in that game against Monza, uh, dealing from the number 10 position. The departure of Fabian Ruiz meant, okay, your table is ready, Zielinski. This is the leap. And um, and I think Kavara's success has led Zielinski's success to just fly under the radar. Yeah, no, that, that's it's it's true, and I think you know this, this squad is assembled. And I think I heard this on the Italian football podcast. Um, this is some the team is assembled, probably the best. And I think Nima's one that said this is that this is the most assembled team, more Spalletti like team that that he's ever had. Yeah, he's got all the pieces, and if they get Navas, you know, someone mentioned in the chat. I think uh, Hamza mentioned in the chat. You know, with with Havrashelia plus you know um, Navas possibly coming in to finally get an upgrade in goalie. Look out! I mean, you know, you're going to be able to bring him along slowly, like you mentioned. Let him develop, get that confidence, because he ha- there's so much talent around. They don't have to focus him. He doesn't have to be the focal point. First two games, he tried to do glimpses of that, show, hey, look what I can do. But I mean, you got Osi, man, you got Zelensky, so many guys on this team, uh, from back to front. Uh, that this is a dangerous team, no matter what. And so I think this is going to be the perfect breeding ground for him to get that confidence and get that skill and go to that next level. But, you know, it's, it's early on. I want to see how he does and against different competition, like the whole chat is saying. Here's where you get grouchy about Napoli, though. Okay, that's this is all a wonderful start, but, okay, now match week three, go and do that to Juve. Um, that's going to be the next thing. So, and, and let me tell you another reason to get grouchy, because look at the two goals they conceded against – um, Hellas Verona. Uh, both second ball situations, uh, and both kind of set. Or the first one definitely set piece corner kick. I think the second one was a set piece as well, if I recall. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think this was a team that was kind of getting better and dealing with set pieces and defending them. Well, now you're taking players like Koulibaly out of the picture. Um, you're taking some of these other guys out of the picture who helped organize that. I think Ospina was pretty good at the goalkeeper position, kind of having all of that reined in. Well, now they're all out of there, and you saw that get exposed. That's why I made the comment last Sunday. I said I that I said Hellas Verona will probably score first, yeah. uh, and they did. Um, you know, and they got and, and I can promise you right now, I guarantee you, in their training this week, Allegri is hammering away dead ball situations where you get Kostic, you got Di Maria, you got Quadrats, you got three guys capable of taking accurate set pieces that, okay, we're putting it to the far side. We're probably going to target Vlaovic on the first ball. Everybody's going to go to him. And Vlaovic, if you've got it on target, great. Take your, you know, head the ball on target. But if not, put the ball across to Bremer put the ball across to somebody else on the on the other side of the box. I guarantee you that Juve might script something like that in one of their set pieces when they play this weekend to get a goal out of it. Um because Usually I think playing that, Roma this week. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're right, you're right. Um but they could do that as well. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, but when they play each other, like yeah, yeah, Allegri yeah, no, will do that. 
agree. You're right. You're right. Where's my head? Um, You're ready for that. You're ready for Napoli, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> so uh, you're right. It was Roma against Juventus this week. We'll yeah. talk about Roma here in a little bit. Um, forgive me. Kind of, kind of, kind of got ahead of myself a little excited, bit. Excited, man. I get it. I get it. Man. I'm fired up for this season. What do you mean? I, you know, I'm just. I'm trying to think, and I'm trying to think of the aerial guys that are going to give uh, Napoli some trouble. And I believe they're playing Fiorentina next. So, yes. 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 Uh, so same same concept. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. No, for sure. Same concept. Biragi on the corner. Uh, good. Look for look for Jovic. Look for Jovic to maybe head it across to to Milenkovic. Okay. If you got guys that are set up to do that, Napoli didn't seem to deal with that very well, and I don't think that they have the players that can deal with anything like that particularly well. And where you're going to get them is set pieces. Yeah, and I think you know people in the chat don't even mention this. You know when. If and when they get Navas, that'll help tremendously because he'll organize that team. He's he's yep. a real class keeper for sure. Yes, until end of his career, but he is still fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. That'll certainly improve. And I think you know Hamza mentions it here. Rahmani is so underrated. And I agree. And I I what you know you can say what you want about KK seventy seven, the new you know the new Georgian winger. But I'm excited for Napoli for Kim. Yes, they lose Koulibaly, who's you know Koulibaly. You can't. It's hard to replace him. But Kim has come in this monstrous defender. Uh, and he's good. He's good in the air. He's been pretty good defensively so far. Granted, you know the competition is is not the greatest, but I'm curious to see how he does as the season goes on. Because if this guy does develop as Napoli are expecting him to do, and Rahmani is continuing to pro- uh, progress in his development, they may have you know while they're not me, well, it won't be any better than you know Kolobali, but as a whole, as a collective, especially with the two defen- defensive midfielders they got in there like Lobotka and Gisa and, and and the others. This is a pretty good team defensively. You know, obviously at the wing backs so of the question, uh, Di Lorenzo is pretty good, but you know, Mario Rui, you know, he's he's still a suspect. Um, but Kim, I, I, I'm very excited to see what Kim can do. He's already shown some glimpses of his aerial ability off set pieces, um, both 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 sides of the field, right? Mm-hmm. And defensively, he's done he's done the job. Again, it's still early. We haven't he hasn't played anyone in the top six, so much to be determined. But um, if if this development pans out, if their scouting pans out, I mean, look out, this could be a this can maybe be the steal of the signings for them outside of Havarashelia for for Napoli. So this trip to Fior- this trip to Fiorentina is actually quite important then, um, and that's on Saturday, uh, two forty five Eastern. Um, I think we're, I, I know where I got thrown off. They're going to have a friendly against Juve Stabia uh, ah. tomorrow to try to acclimate to playing every three days. So okay, okay. Um, so that's just where I got thrown off. My apologies. I'm normally more on top of this. You all know me. <laughs> so. all right so richard why not okay so we that's napoli they're top of the table nine scored two against uh how about richard you look at the table tell us in tell us about inter inter yeah so so far two wins uh off the top not nothing too surprising so far i mean i mean look at the competitions they had i mean spezia win this weekend was was a nice display three nothing lecce there she struggled a little bit um I, I think Inter are who they are, meaning they're good. And they're going to find ways to score, you know, with Lululemon up top. You know, obviously Lukaku is going to find uh, Lautaro all day, every day, and they're going to find each other. Um, and there's some good players here sprinkled throughout this team. This is a very good team no matter what. They're going to have their matches. I think that game week one against Lecce, yes, they struggled against Lecce, newly promoted Lecce, but they found a way to win. Champions find ways to win. I think Inter... Some games are going to be blowing people out, and some games is going to fight till tooth and, tooth and nail to the very end and find ways to get three points. Um, I think this is what you're going to see from Inter. 
all season long, you know, um, they're going to be as expected. I think Lukaku is going to be slip right in just as he was in the past. And that chemistry in, in regards to chemistry, it's going to be there. He's going to, they're going to find each other. He almost had a goal. I think he hit a header off the post. Same thing in week one. He did something similar. Um, so that's going to be good for them. But, you know, again, I, I mentioned this last week or the week before. I don't think Lukaku is the same player as he was two years ago with, with Inter. So he's not going to be that same guy who's going to, you know, maraud past you. Uh, he's still blo- he'll still bulldoze over the defenders, right? But he's not going to beat you with speed as much as he did previously. But I think the center team is, is still really good. You know, Chalanolo, another year in the system, uh, which is going to help him a lot. He uh, That goal he scored yesterday was uh, was brilliant, or this weekend, I should say, it was brilliant. And uh, a walking Korea score. I mean, that's <laughs> Jerry's going to have to hold off in his uh, grilling memes for a while just because he got, Korea got a goal. But I think the center team is pretty, pretty legit. And We'll see what happens here at the end of the Mercato here. If they bring in anyone, do they lose anybody? Uh, we'll see. But uh, nothing too surprising from Inter for me. Inter's about where I thought they'd be. Um, big one for them on Friday, traveling to Lazio. Um, so a couple things that I want to point out. I looked at the let's, – let's start when they played Lecce. Yeah. Um, and I think we see – what you see here is they had 70% possession in that game. Inter under Simone Inzaghi and then Conte prior to that, where, where were they better? If, if, if you had 50, 55% of the ball against them, they're fine with that. They yeah. like living in that. They like letting you expand, and then they can, they can hit you hard going the other way. Um, and they were, deadly at, they, they were deadly in the process. Um, I've never thought of Inter to be a team that can be, you know, wildly, wildly successful, you know, or have extended success having a string of games where they're dominating possession. I think that it's, it's, it's a struggle for them of, you know, playing against teams that get compact against them where there's more of a struggle to find space. And to your point, Lukaku maybe not being as, you know, as, as, as fast as he used to be. Still very powerful and still a presence. Um, that might have a little bit to do with it, but there's there's not much, and that's maybe one of the hindrances of playing a three five two, like Simone Inzaghi plays. Is going forward, if you're having a lot of possession, you're going to be relatively predictable because you're going to have a wing back on the right hand side who's right footed and a wing back on the left hand side who's left footed. And they're going to just take it end line and cross the ball in. And you've just got to be prepared for those situations. Um, it's where you can have Lukaku getting into dangerous spaces. I think the goal against Spezzi is a classic example when they're in possession. That's how they'll get their goals off of possess- possession, where the attention is on Lukaku and people are able to move off of him and he's able to, and he's able to find him and lay it off. Um that's the that's their best chance. You know, Lecce presented to everybody, you give into the ball for long periods of time and you take away passing lanes and things like that, you can frustrate them. In the, in the end, Inter got the goal that they needed to get the three points. You know, here, 55% against Spezia, they're, they're a little more comfortable with that. Yeah. You know, that's the most they want to have the ball. They'd love for you to have the ball and then they can just they can just hit you. That's where they're more lethal. Um, so defensively, they've been, they're solid. You know, they, they had a, you know, an, an, an oops against, uh, Lecce with Cisse, 
but they didn't give Spezia much. So that aspect of them looks really good right now. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Hamza made a point. DeMarco looks good right now. Uh, looks good too, yeah. Yeah, Nicolo Barella looks fresh. We made that comment about him last yeah. week. Yeah, I think that. that's important. Um, you know, and so far, Inter's doing pretty much what I would expect them to do. Having to grind one out away at Lecce, you know, that's a tougher fixture than you think, um, especially with the way Lecce's playing um, and the way they're setting themselves up. And then, uh, you know, taking care of business at home against a team like Spezia, which you expect a team like Inter to do. Agreed. So, Agreed. We move on to Roma. Let's talk about them real quick. Um, so... We, all right, so a couple of 1-0 wins against, at Salernitana, at home against Cremonese. And I don't know, I think on a different day against Cremonese, they they win by, by maybe 7 or 8-0. Uh, give the goalkeeper, uh, Andre Radu, a lot of credit. Um, saves. <laughs> yeah, he made 11 saves. Um in that game, uh, pretty much played, you know, in hockey terms, he, he was, he stood on his head. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that I, the goals are going to come. I, I like the way Roma is playing right now. Okay. You know, they, they look great countering against Salernitana in sync against, you know, they're definitely a, they're, they're happy to be, they're happy to let you have the ball more, and Mourinho really sets this team up for that. He wants to wants to hit you on the break. They don't they don't want to have, um, you know, they don't want to be in the sixty five to seventy percent range. They're happy letting you have the ball a little bit and seeing if they can catch you. Especially when you think of Abraham Zaniolo, who now has a shoulder injury. Looks like he's going to miss, I think, three weeks. Um, you know, and, and, and then worse right now, uh, Gigi Wijnaldum uh, fracturing his tibia in training. Uh, so they, they, they're running into a couple of breaks here. But looking at how Roma are performing, they're going to win games by more than 1-0 at some point. But I, right now the framework is in place, you know, for how they want to play. They look good. Um, they've been pretty difficult to break down so far. Uh, but we're also talking about Salernitana and Cremonese, two teams that aren't going to whose attacks aren't going to keep you up at night when you prepare for them. Hey, dude, Lisa. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think Roma have looked, the chemistry has been amazing so far. They've had a lot of opportunities. They've either just missed it wide or the goalkeepers made the saves. Um, I agree. I think their goals will come. And, and to Chris's point, their XG has got to be as, as pretty high because they're creating a lot of opportunities. Um, hopefully Zaniolo isn't injured too bad. And it's, it's, it's tough to hear about Wijnaldum, both for the player and the team, right? Um, and you listen to, to the comments of Mourinho when he talks about the team. He says, Am I worried that only defenders have scored and my, my forwards have not? He's like, no. And he shouldn't be because they're creating opportunities. If they were creating nothing whatsoever offensively, yes, maybe you could be worried. But they've created opportunities. They The front three look in sync with each other. They're finding each other all over the pitch. They're starting to make plays already. And add Pellegrini in there with his runs. Um, they're going to get goals. They're going to get goals. And once that damn breaks, look out. Yeah. Um, how long is it going to take to get to get there? I don't know. But I, you know, I'm not worried about what, what Roma is doing so far. Um, yeah, is one nothing against Cremonese is not the greatest result in the world. Uh, I understand, and they got the win in the first week too. Same thing, one nothing. But I'm not worried. I, I I think Roma is on pace to do what I think they're going to do, and meaning they're going to challenge for the top four most certainly with the talent that they have and the and the players this this year. 
Um, the ball is going to get his for sure. And hopefully Zaniola stays healthy all season long. And this can be a team that's going to fight week in and week out against the top six, which is that's what you want to see. We'll see what they're made of week three, this next weekend coming up against Juventus. Cause that's their first test. I want to see what Juventus says also. Right. But we okay. kind of know what Juventus does in these kind of games. They kind of tighten it up and play very, you know, Allegri like ball. But if Roma can come out and get a win and get a, two goal win or something like that they might wake up some people up and say okay well, they are for real but if they if they shit the bed completely right or shit has their way and, and you may win you know two nothing you know you may have to slow your roll on the praise but i'm not worried about you by Roma right now the lack of goals is not concerning to me although i i <laughs> i mean would anyone be shocked right now at a nil nil draw between juve and roma on on Saturday, just kind of given the sample yeah. right now and what yeah. we've seen from these two teams. Yeah, no, nobody would be, nobody would be surprised, honestly. Right, and and the strange thing, and and, and uh, Chris makes an excellent point. The the ex the, the expected goals are up. Roma right now leads Serie A in expected goals per ninety minutes at two point mm. eight eight. Mm. Um, that's ahead of Napoli at two point five four. So perspective, Napoli have averaged four and a half goals a game, but their expected oh. goals <laughs> per ninety is only two point five four. I mean, so they are just they are way overachieving yeah um you know at this point uh you know Hamza makes another good point here Cristante looking good under Mourinho there's a lot of players looking good under Mourinho yeah you know some buzz about Pellegrini's performances so far um you know I've heard I've heard a a, a someone else uh in the English-speaking culture streets thinking that Pellegrini is Italy's best midfielder right now I don't agree with that yeah um but I do like the role that uh, Jose Mourinho has him in. And this comment here by Hamza, he's saying the Roma playing style is like Mourinho's at Real, but difference is the quality. And I agree about that. And I mentioned yes. this weeks ago where I said, I think this so, this most most resembles what he did at Real Madrid. And Real Madrid, his teams, when they, this kind of team that he, the style he played, they scored lots of goals. And I expect Roma to do the same thing. And so that he, you know, he's he's agreeing with that same comment there. I think everyone sees that uh, Mourinho is really shaping the team how he wants it, which is scary for the league. Yep. Inter's expected goals per game per ninety. He they're in third, two point five two, and they've got two and a half goals a game through two yeah. games. So they're they're pretty much right on target. Um, the only other team that might be slightly overperforming their expected goals is Milan, and but I think a lot of that's skewed with the four that they scored against Udinese. So, um, but yeah, it's an it's an interesting statistic to take a look at. Um, uh, you know, I. Yeah, the, the the goals are coming. Kind of like what I'm seeing with Roma. As far as where do you get them? Well, where do you get where 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 do you always get them? You get them against the Seven Sisters. You know, I mean, until they and they had two wins against Atalanta last season, and that was admirable. That was a step forward. Yeah. But until they start beating Juventus, they start beating Milan, they start beating these other, uh, you know. Uh, fellow seven sisters or fellow, I mean, you throw even even throw Fiorentina into the mix, who I think they beat last year. Um, you know, Jose's done everything else right so far. Now can he get them over the hump from a mentality standpoint against the better teams in this league? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so what I get Juventus now? Yep. Yeah, Juventus four points or two games. Um they're about where I think they I thought they were gonna be. You know, the three-nothing win was actually I was surprised by that, and I, I thought they did very well in that game in the first week, and then uh, this week against Sampdoria, I think the 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 draw was not surprising to me because Sampdoria is a lot better than people are giving credit at the moment. Are they top ten? Maybe not. 
probably not. But they're 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 a decent squad. Uh, they got some decent players on the team, and so the fact that they drew them was not too surprising by me. But zero zero really it was uh, it was an eh game, right? And mm-hmm. uh, right now, I mean, the the jokes going on right now, all the memes right now is that like nobody's playing in the midfield for Juventus. It's basically a big octagon that they're that's their yeah. right now, and it's it's funny, but it's 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 Saw true that. because the big issue is the midfield. And I forget who said this online. I don't remember if it was Mina or who it was somewhere in the Twitter sphere and the universe, but they were saying like the big issue with Juventus has been and still is their midfield. They I st- I don't think they've improved any anything really in the midfield. And so we'll see what they're made of. Do they do their midfields improve this season and like some McKenny? Do they keep Rabiot? Um yeah, Pogba, will he help them at all? Will he be shades of his past or will he be what we saw at Man United for most of the time? I don't know, but I think they're they're certainly having attacking you know, when Chiesa comes back and, and, and Di Maria gets healthy. This is going to be a very dangerous attack, and it is right now. But, uh, you know, they're going to get their wins when, when the, the areas, the team that they should, and then the tougher opponents. You can look at Allegri Ball to play for the draw or one nothing win. That's that's what he's going to do with his team until the team is healthy enough that they can challenge. Now, having a guy like Kostic is going to help a lot, right? The guy can cross the ball. He's, he's fantastic. Uh, he can play both wings, too. That's, that's also going to help out. Um, a lot of a lot of youngsters are coming through and get their opportunity, which is good for Juventus. But you know, this is where they're this is where I expected them to be at, and um, we'll see how, how the next few weeks go. That Roma match, for the same reason we want to see Roma against Juventus, same reason I want to see Juve against Roma. How do they look against the top six team? That'll be a true eye opener to see for both teams, honestly. See where they're at on the projects. But the team that Allegri picked against Sampdoria, I mean, it just it's mm-hmm. it's I mean yeah there's you can talk about the octagon but going forward it's railroad tracks you play Kostic as a winger on the left he's going to get on the left and cross the ball okay yeah uh Quadrado on the right he's going to get on the right and cross the ball I mean Quadrado might cut in from time to time but I'm not scared of his left foot yeah um you, there's no creativity from your midfield so I mean I I was pretty much intently watching Juve Twitter on, on Monday. And <laughs> where's the creativity in this lineup? Where is it coming from? You know, I think that Allegri just assumed that this is Sampdoria of Se- this is the Sampdoria of seasons past that now we can just pump crosses in the box and Vlaovic can get to them. They're terrible in the air. Well, they were terrible in the air because they had Maya Yoshida last season. He's your problem now, Rochelka. Yeah. Um, He's not better, surprisingly. <laughs> Is he? Okay. So, um, you know, so Coley and Ferrari, I mean, they know what's coming and they can, they can double Vlaovic. They can pass him off. You know, you got Ronaldo Vieira and you've got, you know, Thomas Ricconi who to extend or could be midfield stoppers and can pick up the likes of McKenney coming in on, on cutbacks and things like that. So it's like, you know, and there wasn't a, burning desire to really try anything different. And it's like, it's almost as if Allegri's just satisfied with a nil-nil draw at Sampdoria, a team that, hell, almost got relegated last year. The funny so. part was, is that Rabiot, we all joke about him, he scored in the game, the goal got taken away because it was at the offside, good, a, a right, correct call, but yeah. it seemed like Allegri didn't realize they were up, they were, that goal didn't count, and he thought they were up one nothing. He's like, oh, God, let's play, you know, play the game out like this. Like, no, dude, you have no goals. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just uh, it's it's funny sometimes. I mean, yep. this this uh, Juve team is just um, I don't know yet. It, it's to be determined. There was a comment in here that I wanted to 
there's something I want to talk about, but I don't remember anymore. So anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Milik over Depay now. Let's talk about, I mean, briefly okay. talk about that because that's come up in the conversation. We'll talk about some of the rumors that are linking the teams as we go. Something must be, someone at Juve must have looked into Depay and said, because, I mean, is Depay a talent? He absolutely is a talent. But look at his, has he stayed anywhere for a long period of time? No. At some point, you got to point at the player and say, what's going on here? You know, Manchester United, brief, Lyon, brief, Barcelona, trying to get rid of him. Um. There might be something. There might be something from a personality or a character or a dressing room problem standpoint. Yeah, that all of a sudden that Juve's doing an about face and say, "Let's go get somebody that can back up Vlaovic." Okay, it's also you know to Ali's point, Depay might not be convinced of Juve's project either. It's like, why do I want to go there to die? <laughs> so you know, look what I mean. You only need to look at a guy like Kulishevsky. Look what he's done since going to, you know. Since going to Spurs, he actually looks like, yeah. you know, Leon because they needed money. Okay, I get it. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, if you're a player that is, a, if you're a good player and you don't hang it around at a single place for very long, that also might say something about you. But I mean, let's also let's also look at this. They, they bring in Kostic and then they were intrigued by Depay. Does that tell you that the Juve camp isn't? particularly convinced that Chiesa is as ready as we're hoping he would be? Or is it, this is a, Chiesa is a big long-term investment for us. We really need to take our time and bring him back correctly. You hope it's, a, you hope it's a latter, right? Uh, and maybe they, they realize that uh, Di Maria is a long-term option, right? He's 31, 32 now. So, you know, how many years does he have left? He still has a pace, no doubt about it, but yeah, you're curious about why what what they're doing. Maybe Allegri is going to change formations. Doubtful, but you never know. Uh, he has, he doesn't like to change too much. Uh, but yeah, it's it's curious. You know what? What I think he would be the better choice over Milik. But yeah, you you wonder why he wants to bring in him. Maybe it's a lack of creativity. They're going to put him in the midfield and try to play him in like a Matt Wijnaldum role. But you know, more more of an attacking midfielder. The the role that McKennie's or Locatelli are playing right now just not being creative at it at, at the moment. Maybe they just try to find creative spark anywhere they can. I don't know. Um, and I remember the I remember the comment I wanted to make was that <laughs> Di Maria thirty five yeah he's getting these old. Um, yeah. They showed uh, of, of the memes of you know the formations of, of Juventus this weekend and they showed the average position of the players and most of it was on the outside right it looked still looked like the octagon but you mm -hmm. saw Vlahovic one of the pictures I saw it had to be fake but Vlahovic's average position was behind the goalie their own goalie. I was like, that, that can't be right. No, no, that <laughs> can't so be funny, right. Because <laughs> he was non-existent pretty much in the game, right? So it is funny. Anyway. Well, let's, let's move on. Milan, um, the team that is near and dear to our heart. Uh, Donese, uh drew Atalanta. I think the Atalanta game was, I think it was balanced. And I think in the end, 1-1 was fair. Um, the concern that I, I mean, couple concerns that I have with Milan. The first thing, I mean, yeah, okay. For, I think any realistic Milan fan had, you know, looked at the open home against Udinese at Atalanta and said, okay, four points is the floor. Six points is the ceiling. Certainly anything less than four points is a disappointing start. So we're, we're, we're at the floor with Milan. Yeah. Uh, Gasparini outclassed Pioli for, yeah, okay, for a while. Um, I think he motivated Ruslan Malinovsky. 
um, with some of the comments that he said about Malinowski in the days though? leading up. You think it's intentional? What, what's that? You think it was intentional the way he did? Oh, that? I think there's sometimes there's gamesmanship with managers. I think they're trying to you know, you know, light a fire under their ass to get them going. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was that was intentional because so. he's got one of the best shots in the league, if not, you know, Europe and yeah, he only gets six goals, but maybe you shouldn't put him in a position to expect goals. I mean, Pasolich is, is someone who they could never fathom who scored as much as he did last year, right? The goals right. he provided last year, unbelievable. He couldn't have predicted that. So having Malinowski always score six goals, I think it's fine trade-off because the goals he scores were big goals against Juventus. It seems like all, all, all time. And then uh, other big games. So, yeah, um, or so, Four points without Rafael Leal being anywhere near what he was last season. So that's something that you can look at and take a positive from. Yeah. You know, Ante Rebic is is holding on the fort and scoring some goals. Uh, I think here are the things that worry you about Milan. Number one, I see huge concentration issues with him defensively in the yes. box. Huge concentration issues. Um, I the, the first goal for Udinese, I'm not even going to be mad about. That was a... Brilliant corner by De La Feu. That was a brilliant run by Bacal. And sometimes you just do this and you great run, great goal. We were there, we were there. Um, you know, but <laughs> you guys De La Feu put the ball exactly where it needed to be, and Bacal got his head on it. So second goal's far more worrying, where you have midfielders and you get players that are getting back, but they're just everybody has their hips and their eyes just on the ball and they're getting backdoored and, or, you know, where Messina is able to cut in front of Messias. And then on the Malinowski goal for why is Tonali helping to double team Zapata? Why isn't he getting out to, for the top of the box run? Why isn't he there in an early position anyway? You know, cause where Zapata was in that moment he wasn't going to be able to turn. I think it was Tamori that was on him. He wasn't going to be able to turn him and score. Yeah. So now you come up, you cut off, you cut off anything that's coming to the top of the box, but instead you're deep and you're ball watching. So you have no chance of coming out and confronting that ball. So there's a lot of things from a concentration standpoint, from a defensive positioning standpoint from Milan that really, really concern me after the first two games. Yeah. I, and I, I, what infuriates me about that goal, the Melanowski goal, not that you know Melanowski can't score these screamers, but the one job that you know is that you don't allow Melanowski to shoot the ball from anywhere on the planet. You just don't, and that should have been like Allegri's number one rule to them. You know, Tamori or Kalula can handle Zapata, and, and, and man on man, they can guard anybody, but guard Melanowski. Yeah. That's all you got to do. And they didn't do that, and it's a it's a yeah. momentary lapse in judgment what they had against Udinese, and that's costing them at the moment. They can fix it. I'm sure they can. Uh, and the other part, but I don't think I don't I don't think you had to take Malinowski and and just chase him religiously in no. that situation. All you had to do was just slip into slip into a passing lane. Yes, where you can where you can take Malinowski out of the picture. Yeah, you know, and and that's Tonali failed to do that. He felt he needed to help double mark Duvon. Yeah, which and he could have been called over for all we know. I don't know, but yeah. Those laps yeah. in judgment are worrying at the moment. And also the attacking, you know, granted Rebic is, is working his ass off trying to get goals in, right now. But, you know, the rest of the team, and granted the first game, Brahim looked decent. Uh, Leao has been quiet both games. And then right wing's been, you know, Messias was okay in the first game as well. Yeah. But they haven't done much yet offensively. And so, but the fact they only have, they have four points through two games, and that's the four that, that they were expecting. 
Yep. Milan are where they should be, right? Atalanta's a decent yep. team. It's not like they're one of the bottom feeders of the league. They're not. Uh, and so, yeah, maybe they're not the same Atalanta from years, a couple years ago, but this is still a pretty decent team that, that will challenge the heck out of the, the Seven Sisters all season long, especially with no Europe. So I think it's, it's where the Milan should be. They have some, obviously, glaring fi- issues they have to fix, like every other team in the league. Um, and I, I'm confident that Pioli will get it done because, obviously, they won the Scudetto last year, so he obviously knows what he's doing. So. And now let's just jump into Atalanta because they're the next team here. And I see a shift in how Gasparini is setting this team up. Um, I, I, you know, okay, against Sampdoria on the road, 45% possession. Against Milan uh, at home, 41% possession. They're happy now giving the other team the ball. I think I, I see a shift in his tactics. I see more defending. I see, you know, more countering where you have Duvon as a target. You can get it to him, or you can have a guy like Melanovsky, first guy coming out of the midfield where you can get him the ball and, and start to dictate things while the other team is loose. And I think that these were changes for Atalanta's health that needed to be done because I think they, you know, they lost players through the years, like a Papu Gomez, for example, and they haven't had Josip Ilicic and, uh, you know, and some of these other guys. And Coop Miners has been serviceable since, you know, since joining. Um, and now they've got, you, when you think of the attackers that they can bring on, I mean, you can start with Duvan Zapata, but you can bring on a Muriel. You can bring on an Automoto Lookman who already has a goal, um, a, a Boga, uh, you know, all of these guys that, what, what, what can you do? I mean, pace and just go and blister and go the other way. And Gasparini has shifted Atalanta a little bit, and it's noticeable here through these first two games. I like it because he's protecting his back three better. He's protecting Musso a little bit better, and it's allowing Atalanta to defend a little bit more competently. That's what I'm seeing with them right now. Um, And I think that 1-1 draw, while we said we thought, okay, we think Milan will come out of Bergamo with a draw, but I think that 1-1 draw is a boost for Atalanta, you know, more than it is for Milan. No, I, I agree 100% about that. The, the new sh- tweaks in their tactics are shade to the time when they had that deep run in the Champions League where they lost to PSG, where they focused on the defensive effort to not give up so much and really try to get a 1-2-0 win, something like that, low-scoring right. game. And that was successful for them. It's not what we know tried and true to be Atalanta, not the fun, entertaining stuff doesn't matter. It's about getting points. That's what Allegri's bread and butter has been for his whole career, right? Uh, so that's an interesting tactic tweak by, by Gasparini. Let's see if it holds true or if it's just for the first couple games. Um, you know, with no Europe, you'd imagine this to be something they're going to be part of their, their weekly lineup type thing where, you know, they focus more on the defensive effort, trying to help out, you know, the guys who, you know, face it, the defenders aren't the greatest in the world. But, you know, you give them some help give Musso an opportunity to see the ball a little bit more and he'll make the saves where he had to, like he did against Milan. So yeah, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know if Atalanta is going to be screaming in top four at all, but like I said earlier, I think they're going to be challenging the top seven uh, game in every week. You know, I think it's going to be hard to play against them because they have those attacking players, like you mentioned, um, that can change the pace with their speed all, all game long. Cause they just bring, keep the guys fresh, right. Just take, you know, take out, Zapata, bring on Muriel, you know, take a pass, bring on Bolga or, or Lookman or whomever. Yeah. So, yeah, this Atalanta team is a, a good start for them so far. I think the 1-1 will certainly boost their their, their confidence uh, more so than Milan because the Milan game is – Milan probably – let's face it, they were, they were hoping for a win in that game. And um, Atalanta, I think, will be 
happy to get away with what four points through first two games. So, yep, agreed. Uh, tell us about Fiorentina. Sorry, I was just reading the comments about uh, from Hamza about Gasparini being conservative with his players being older. Yeah, no, that, that that's a fair that's a fair shout. You know, and you, as a good manager, you have to adapt. Uh, yep. and I think that's what he's doing right now. Uh, so Fiorentina, pretty decent start, right? Uh, they would have loved to get a win in, in the Derby this weekend, in the Tuscan Derby, right? Of course they would have. You know, it's a big rivalry game. Uh, but, you know, obviously having the, the win in the week one, I think, is – I mean, Bonaventura, he's still doing his thing at whatever age he is, is right? What are you, 47 now? Um, granted, it's Cremonese, and they gave up a couple goals. But offensively, they have to make – like it's a plug-and-play, right? We talked about this. Vlahovic left, and they're looking – they have the Piantic, and they're scoring goals. Uh, Cabral was scoring goals also last year a little bit. Now they they've taken U- forty. They've taken forty-seven shots through the first two games. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and I think Luka Jovic is going to get his in this this lineup here right? because he already has. Yes, yeah, because Italiano's system is up is a plug and play, very similar in the respect that it's a plug and play with Atalanta, uh, Fiorentina. You know, you plug and play the striker because it works so well. If you just he has a certain striker he looks for. And they're going to get their goals. And I think Fiorentina has been decent so far, um, creating a lot of opportunities. Even some of the guys, um, I, I'm still shaking my head that they got rid of uh, Dragowski, right? Because um, mm-hmm. I, I always rated him very highly, but they're doing well so far. And granted, that game against Empoli, they're going to kick in and scream, and they're, they're upset. They, they feel they should be six points right now, and I, I feel they should be on six points. Empoli are a decent squad, but I don't. I think the draw, obviously, it's, it's a rivalry game, but I thought Fiorentina should have won that game. A couple of betting tips I'll give people with Fiorentina and Napoli okay. coming up on. Uh, okay. Fiorentina, or Napoli currently on the road, plus 115 favorite. Hammer that. Because hmm. Napoli are going to win. Um, over two and a half, sitting at minus 137. Hammer the hell out of that. Um, the over three and a half is sitting at plus 175 or thereabouts, depending on the betting markets. Bet that, you know, but don't do that as part of a parlay. Just kind of bet that separately. But, man, I'll tell you what, that's I, – I, I, I see both of those teams having a real go at each other. I think that Fiorentina can expose some things, you know, with Napoli with the way they're capable of attacking. But I think that they have enough frailty to them that Napoli are going to overcome. I mean, I, I see 3-2, 4-2, you know, something in that neighborhood. I think Fiorentina-Napoli is a goal fest this weekend when they play. Yeah. So – um, but to the point now, I mean, I, I think that they look at this and they say, all right, uh, home against Cremonese 3-2 win, uh, nil-nil draw with Empoli. Empoli were even down to 10 men, and, and Fiorentina had 19 shots, but only two on target. I mean, they misfired. So um, I think that they're going to be reasonably pleased with the start uh, to be on four points. I think they've got the distraction of right now trying to make it to the conference league as well, uh, where they beat Twente 2-1. Uh, at home now they've got to go. They're actually going to Holland on Thursday. I think that's another reason why you hammer Napoli. Fiorentina is going to be coming back from that, trying to qualify for a group stage. So, um, you know, so we'll see. But those are the um, those are the uh, those are the things that I would tell you right now. If I was if I had sportsbook here in Wisconsin, I would be crushing that game right now with 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 those particular bets. So. Um, now that I've said that, we're going to get a nil-nil game out of them. <laughs> Every game's going to be nil-nil. Thanks. And we're all going to be, we're going to come back on Sunday night, and we're going to just like absolutely scream at what the hell was everybody doing out there? 
So you um, no, the, the, the Jovic edition has already paid off. You've got Gonzalez, who I think was one of the more unsung wingers in the league last season, his first season in. And I think that we, we thought last year when he came on board, we said this is a, a great signing. This is a great fit for what else Italiano wants to do. You know, Sotil, they've got a good depth of midfield talent too. They kept Milankovic. They're, they're a team that's going to – they're going to be a thorn in some people's side. How many wins they're going to come away with against the better teams still is is is, is yet to be answered. Um, you know, I think that the results here are going to raise some concerns, certainly, among the Fiorentina fans is, okay, if we are struggling to get it done against these teams, how are we going to get it done against a Milan or an Atalanta or a Napoli or a Juve or an Inter um, or the Roman clubs? And and they'd be right in having those concerns. So, do you have an early prediction for the uh, Napoli Fiorentina game? Uh, I'm going to say Napoli win four two. Yeah, I was going to say five two. I think a lot of goals, both game, both teams, but I think Napoli's going to get theirs for sure. Yep. If I'm saying hammer the over two and a half, and I'm saying yeah, even bet the over three and a half, and hammer Napoli as in one plus one fifteen favorite, I got to give a score that's. So if I say four two, what's the over five and a half is at plus 900. So hmm. throw a C note at that and win yourself 900 bucks. Mm-hmm. If that happens, it's not out of the question. So it's not a, not a, not something I'm going to bet. Right. But, um, but it's going to be that that's, if, if you're going to watch one city, a game this weekend, I think that's the game you want to watch. Agreed. Agreed. So, Lots of, so good. all he sees three, three, man. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Uh, draw is getting plus 250. So Fiorentina as a home underdog is at plus 220. So, um, yep, it, I, I think it's going to be a track meet. And even even if the goals don't come, they're they're certainly going to try. Uh, both teams It'll be open. Are. It'll be open. Yeah, going to be a wide open game. So check that one out. Hamza says 3-0 to Napoli. So, um, so yeah, so that would – that would cover both of my hammer bets. You could do, you could probably do Napoli win and over two and a half as a parlay and maybe get a little bit of a boost. So, um, but anyway, um, Anthony sees a two, two draw. I mean, we're seeing results all over the board, but we're seeing, we're damn sure seeing goals. That's for sure. From Napoli. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jerry's uh, J- here's what we think about Lazio so far. We have booted Pedro from the sound on our intro. <laughs> you got that, huh? But Richard, uh, go ahead and cover the cover everything else we should know about them right now. <laughs> Lazio, yeah, uh, so far through two games, all four points. Um, it's about where we expect them, obviously. Uh, the game against Torino was a disappointing 0-0. They had their opportunities in the game. I mean, Chiro Mobley is Chiro Mobley. He's going to get his opportunities. He's going to try to score, but, um, you know... I don't know if you want to call it the Milinkovic Savage Derby in that game, that, you know, why he played so well. He's a good keeper, uh, but Napoli... Napoli, Lazio have created a lot of opportunities through two games, um, and it's what we expect them to do. I, I'm not surprised by their by their point total. Um, maybe a little surprised that they drew Torino, but I think overall, I expect Lazio to you know be in a, a decent team this year. And I think winning a draw is, is fair to start the season. And yeah, nothing really too crazy for me. I mean, did they struggle against Bologna the week one? Sure. Did they struggle against Torino a little bit? Sure. This is what you're going to get with Napoli or Lazio. Why do I keep saying Napoli? 
this way you can get Lazio. Uh, they're going to get goals. And then, you know, when teams shut down their number one option, trying to find that B option. And Sadi isn't always the most flexible when it comes to that. When somebody, when somebody stifles his plan A, it gets really difficult for his teams. You know, and, it, and it is for Lazio too, but it's just, they're on pace to what I think they're going to they're achieve this year, Frank. What about, what about you with Lazio? What if I told you they're right now third worst in expected goals per 90 minutes right now? I'd be shocked. 0.72. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not creating a whole lot, you know, which probably tells you they're, then they're efficient because they've gotten two goals. Uh, they got the two, one win against Bologna and had to do that against 10 men. And then, um, they had, uh, let's see here. And then here against Torino, it's a game that you could almost argue that Torino could have won. For sure. And and some of the people in the chat were saying, like, you know, well, they defended well against Torino. Yes. And they could maybe shut down Inter and, and the same. Yes. But do you really want a sorry team defending the team that, with the defenders that they have on this Lazio team? I wouldn't want them to be defending. Now, granted, you could do something like Gasparini maybe, where you're, you're being a little bit more conservative. But what this – this Lazio team wants to do is be a track meet and run. But Milinkovic Savic has set up, you know, Immobile and what, what, get that counterattack going. Mm. I don't know if I would trust them to play defensive ball, but maybe that's what works. And maybe the old the old dog and, and Sari has found something or trying something different when he plays his big teams. He can shut them down and maybe be clinical because their XGs are low and they're still scoring. Yep. Yep. So I, I don't know if I'm wowed by Lazio yet. Because they put themselves in a hole against Bologna and they got out of it with Zamaro getting that second yellow um, in in quick succession. Um, And then here against Torino, you know, I mean, if you're going to contend for a European place, you know, Torino's a team that's going to play with a belief that Lazio's a team we can get points off of, which they did. Um, You've got to be able to beat those teams because they're, they're looking at you like, you're a target. You're somebody that we think we can get past if we play well enough this season. Yeah. So Lazio has to stamp their superiority superiority in games like that. And and, and so far, I mean, they they had some fortune to get back to even numbers against Bologna and here against Torino, they were they were outpossessed a little bit. I think they 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 played they performed well. They put Milinkovic Savic into a situation where he made some saves. Um, the Torino Milinkovic Savic, of course. Um, but uh, in the end, it's you know, nil nil, and they're they're to me out of these top eight that we've we kind of talked about going into the season. I expected them to be the least flattering of these teams going in, uh, and they have been the least flattering so far. So interesting question by Dominic. He goes, "How does Sarri's Lazio stack up against Mourinho's Roma?" I personally think Roma would eat them alive at the moment. Most I agree. Years, I say it's even. At present, I think Roma's team would eat them up. Does the chemistry is better right now? That the team is playing better front to back, uh, Roma that is, and so I think right now it would be one of those three nothing kind of games, you know. But I agree. Long time for they play again, so we'll see. I definitely agree with that. So, um, so let's let's batch nine through twelve, thirteen through sixteen, seventeen through twenty. All right. All right. So we go Torino, Spezia, Sassuolo, and Bologna. Um, I think on performances, I think Sassuolo have been really good. Um, they had seven chances. They had seven shots on target in the three 0 loss to Juventus. They just didn't defend well against them. They they a, a brilliant goal by Di Maria. They, all right, fine. They 
They didn't have an answer for Vlaovic, and going forward, they're probably not going to have an answer for tall and strong nines. Uh, they could be in trouble against the likes of Inter and, and Lukaku, Atalanta and Zapata. You know, Giroud gets fit and starts playing regularly, could be a handful, and same with uh, Immobile from Lazio. In fact, I think Immobile loves playing Sassuolo. Um, you know, and you can even make the argument Arnautovic for Bologna is going to give them some trouble too. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at on Sassuolo. The the attacking elements to them are always there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's never anything to worry about with them, uh, you know, in that regard. Uh, it's probably the most surprising thing is that they only have one goal through the first two games. Um, but they've played two very defensive-minded teams, Lecce will talk about here in that regard here shortly. Um, I think Spezia is probably lucky to be in the position that they are in right now. Uh, an Empoli team that completely outplayed them in Spezia got away with a 1-0 win. Yeah. Um, lost 3-0 to Inter, which was pretty much expected. Go there, take your medicine. Um, Torino, I think right now, you know, through two, it's only been two games, but I think they're proven, you know, Juric is an, Juric is an excellent manager. And I think he's got them set up to be stubborn to everybody again. Now they beat Monza, who now all of a sudden, you know, Napoli thrashed Monza. We, we're we not sure what Monza are right now. We, we we had an idea going into the season, and we're not even sure of that. Um, and then they had the, the they had the draw that they fought out here with Lazio. So I think Torino, they're going to be one of these teams that's going to – they're not going to threaten for a European place, but, boy, they're going to have a say – and who finishes where, because I think they're going to steal some points for some of these better teams. Um, and then I think, what's the last one? Um, Bologna. Uh, yeah, I, they, they're what we thought they were. I mean, they, they, they had an opening here against Lazio. They shoot themselves in the foot. They lose that match. They can only get a draw against the Hellas Verona team that I think are going to be a little, it's going to be a struggle for them more than we think. And, you know, if not for the Skorupski save, they would have lost that game too. Uh, so, you know, I think that it, it's a situation where I think Torino and Sassuolo are believable in these positions and Spezia and Bologna are, are certainly flattering themselves right now being in these spots. I agree. I think uh, Spezia is certainly punching above their weight right now. It's two games in, but that went against uh, Empoli completely against the run of play, I would think. Bologna is where they're, I thought they would be. I think the issue is going to be the manager. Once they get a new manager, they'll – do better, be more consistent, I should say. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I think Sassuolo and Torino are, are where they should be. I think Torino, I, I think I, at the preseason pod, I predicted uh, they would finish 11th, and so they're eighth at the moment. It's still, like I said, two games in, but you know, they're it's a Urich team, and Urich's teams tend to be difficult to play against, like you mentioned. They're going to be middle of the table around you know the 10th spot or so, and so I think both them and Sassuolo, while they play drastically different. They're both where they kind of should be so far. Results have kind of mirrored the way. I was surprised about the three nothing game that Sassuolo lost against Juventus in the opening week, but they get they had chances, like you said, and they also had created a lot of chances this weekend. Uh, so yeah, I think the, the two the two people who teams I think that are where they should be are Torino and Sassuolo, and I think certainly Spezia and Bologna will be uh, are certainly flattering themselves at the moment. And the interesting thing with Torino is that as rigid as Juric's tactics can be, the creative players have a lot of license. I mean, Miranchuk looked yeah, really work, good huh? against Monza. Yeah. Um, Vlasic, I thought, was impressive against Lazio. And then last season, Bracolo was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, and now, you know, when he was on loan there, and now you've got, you know, Sanabria is the striker. I, 
you know, I, I saw the comment earlier if Torino had a better striker that Miranchik he, might eat this year. Yep. Yep. So there's 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 some quality there. I think that uh you know, you look at the rest of that you look at the rest of that team defensively, Kofi Gigi's back, which yeah. You know, I mean, he's not Bremer, and, and you're not going to replace Bremer altogether, but you can do it in, in a, as a collective. Um, Singo is still there. Aina, he's got the freedom too to put. He was marauding up the pitch, up and down the pitch in that game. Yes, weekend. So yeah, there's there's some players that have remarkably some freedom when they go forward. Defensively, it's very rigid, and they don't give up much. But like you said, it's it's rare to see when a team is that rigid defensively that they they just let the reins go offensively and they let them be more creative because you usually don't see that. But uh, Good for Yurich to kind of adjust to that, and Torino's paying dividends early on. And let's see how they can keep up against some of the, the better teams in the league. I'll be, I'm definitely curious to see how they are they as rigid defensively against you know the top six, for example. Mm, indeed. Um, Empoli, Salernitana, Udinese, Sampdoria is 13, 14, 15, and 16. I think Sampdoria are going to be much better than 16th. Agreed. Um, it's the pain of opening with Atalanta and then having to. Uh, hosting Atalanta and Juve. Uh, Abdelhamid Sabiri, we called him out right from the start. And I think as the season goes on, the rest of the English-speaking Calcio people are going to catch on to him. That pass for Laris against Juventus. Yeah. Woo! Uh, a better player finishes that. Yeah. Um, you know, he's hit the post twice. He's creating a lot. He's good on the dead ball. Um, he's become the, he's become the creative player in that team, and he can shoot from distance. My goodness! Yeah, he can. Uh, the forwards are just old. Yeah, they can still play. Yes. Um, a little bit, but nobody that's going to outpace you, nobody that's going to scare you. But in crossing situations, you better you better well know where they are. Um, you know, in certain target play situations, the only the thing that limiting Sampdoria is that, you know, Inter has a Lotaro that can run off of Lukaku. Who runs off of Caputo or Qualiarella in those situations? You know, they, they don't have that guy. No. Um, so, you know, so that's the issue there with, with Samp. Udinese, I think, are going to kind of just be mired in this spot the whole time. Um, you know, I, Delufe is going to pr- provide some I, – I think that Udinese is going to be a very good counterattacking team. Yes. Um, we talked about that before the season. They're a team that's going to be set up to beat you on the break. Um, the, you know, Udogi left, but they're going to have him back on loan. So that's huge for them. Um, you know, but beyond that, there's not – all the creativity is up front on the counter. There really isn't anything coming through the midfield that is is useful to me. Uh, Makengo is a just a workhorse. Um, you know, and then they've got the defenders are okay. Neutink is beatable. Um, he's kind of getting old. He's kind of getting up there and losing a step. Um, you know, he feels like he's been in this league forever. I can probably go look and see that he hasn't been here more than four years. So, um, so for me, Udinese, um, pretty much mired here. Uh, Salernitana, I think, are here as a product of just some other teams just not performing well. And Empoli, I think if there's, you know, Sampdoria and Empoli are, you know, if we're, if we're moving Spezia and we're moving Bologna down from 9 through 12, I think the two teams best suited to take those places 
are Empoli and Sampdoria. And I think in Empoli, it's a situation where it hasn't clicked yet. The playmakers are there to do it. Um, you know, it just, you know, they get the red card against Fiorentina, so they really couldn't show off everything they could do. Um, they were all over Spezia, just couldn't score. Uh, so I think it's a it's a matter of time for them. And then I think for Sampdoria, I think that there's enough there that they can make they can maybe make a little bit of a step up. I don't know if they'll get into ninth through twelfth, but if we're just limiting it to these four teams, if we're dropping Spezia and Bologna, who would we move up out of these four teams? It's Empoli and Sampdoria for me. Yeah, I think the only place I would differ with you, I definitely think Sampdoria would be the one of the teams you swap out. I think I think Udinese. I'm so high on Udinese, even though they okay. struggled mightily against Salernitana this weekend. They had plenty of shots, just didn't get any goals. Um, it's good to see that Udoji is still with a with a team, you know, even though they have, he's been bought by by Tottenham. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think of this of this four Salernitana are certainly going to be way way lower as the season goes down. Uh, it just usually does under the manager in the second seasons, the third seasons. You know, he just it's good to keep him up in the fight, and then you know, after a while, it just David Nicola just doesn't have can't keep the team up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I think they're going to create opportunities. And I do like what they have, the players that they have, but I just don't think they can keep the ball out of their own net. Now, granted, they had a 0-0 game this weekend, and, and they also lost week one. They couldn't get any goals again. Um, so I think they're worth where they're going to be this season for the most part. I think Udinese is the one who's going to be certainly jumping up you know, with the players that they have. Their defense isn't that great, but I think there's enough on the offensive side with, you know, obviously led by De La Feo, like you mentioned. Um, I think they're going to they're gonna do better certainly better than Spezia and probably better than Bologna. But Sampdoria is probably the best of those four right there, Empoli, Salernitana, Udinese, and Samp. I think to the question, I think it was Dominic's question in the chat, I think uh, it's eerily similar to what Giampaolo used prior to he joined in Milan. Uh, it looked like a 4-1-4-1 uh, this past weekend. It's very Yeah, similar. I think he played a 4-3-1-2. 4-3-1-2, okay. Um, in his first go-around at Samp and then tried to bring that to Milan and it just it failed. Work. Yeah, it didn't work. Uh, it was very similar this this weekend, or it has the first two games. And I think they're going to see from Sampdoria is, compared to the last couple of years for Sampdoria, is that they're going to be competent defensively, not try to give up too many up, uh, big chances. Um, they had the better of the play against Juventus this weekend. And then hopefully they can start scoring some goals. Like you said, they have some two veteran strikers who can put the ball in the back of net, but they're not the same players they used to be. Yes, they can still strike as good as anybody, but... The link-up play, the, the the pace and stuff like that isn't quite there. There's just some pieces missing. Like I was watching Quadriarela, um, and I can't talk tonight, uh, in, in the game against Juventus, and like he had some initial thoughts were great, but the, the, the second passes weren't hitting the mark. Um, and, and same thing with Caputo as well. So, And then to your point, like who are they, who's going to feed off of them? They, they succeed with that second striker, and both those guys are first striker type guys. Who's going to feed off of them? I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. Sampdoria has some issues to, to fix, but I think they're going to be a better squad than currently where they are on the table. Sure. And then finally, Hellas Verona, 17th, Cremonese, 18th, Lecce, 19th, Monza, 20th. Um, I think each, you know, it's going to be an uphill battle for all four of these teams. Uh, I'm going to start with Lecce. Uh, under Liverani, Lecce played with a lot more freedom, played with a lot more attacking, and had just no regard for defense, and they just got battered week in and week out, giving up three goals here, four goals there. You, this Lecce team is set up much differently. Um, the manager's name escapes me immediately without quickly looking it up. But um, he um, has them set up 
I think he has come into this season with the right mind frame for Lecce, knowing this is going to be a grind. This is going to be survival from start to finish. It has to be one game at a time. Anything that we can do to scratch points out of better teams, we're going to try to do it. They came achingly close to getting a point off of Inter. Um, they lose 1-0 uh, to Sassuolo, a game that I don't think Lecce were ever in. But uh, we saw a comment, Gabriele Stefetza. I think, yeah, he's, he's a player that is certainly coming along. He, he's one of those guys that you cheer for just because, I mean, his work rate's excellent. So, um, yeah, uh, Marco Barone is the manager of Lecce. Thank you for that, Richard. Uh, bailing me out again, but it's a different Lecce. They're set up to defend. They're set up to let you have the ball for longer periods of time um, and hope to shithouse you one nil or steal a point here and there. And I think that that's what they're looking to do. Um, it's not the, you know, not the freedom that they played with under Liberani, uh, you know, under any stretch of the imagination. So that's what I observed with them. I still don't think it's going to be enough to see them get out of this. Cremonese, are, are lucky that they have not been destroyed in the first two games. I think that yeah. the goalkeeping has been fantastic. Like if we did who, if we did a uh, squad with Finota right now, we would arguably have to put Radu in as our goalkeeper for all the same. He had 11 <laughs> saves against Roma and God knows how many yeah. against Fiorentina, like seven. So, um, you know, and he had the blunder against Fiorentina that cost them the point in that game. But um, yeah, he, you know, it, we have not seen what they're capable of doing going the other way yet. So it's kind of hard to, I mean, we, we thought they'd get relegated. That certainly appears like they're going to Monza. Monza are going to be better. Um, and Apex made the comment, if Des was in no career, he can get firing for Cremonese. They could be dark horses for survival. Sure. Um, but uh, Monza have the best team out of the, have the best talent out of these three. Can it get molded into a team in time to survive? I still think they can. I mean, right now, not, they just ran into a buzzsaw with Napoli. Um, they've got to be, if, if Renokia is going to be the guy they're going to expect to lead that back line, they're just going to have to live with conceding a lot of goals. Um, you know, cause he just looks lost back there. Um, and uh, let's look here as well. Um, so I think Monza still have the talent to get upward and work their way into that 13th to 16th. I think they, I'll stick to my guns and say they replace, uh, Salernitana. Um, but I think Hellas, Hellas Verona are in a little bit bigger trouble than either of us think. Um, you know, at this point to struggle to a draw against a Bologna team that we think are on the downslide. Um, they, they put up a decent enough fight against Napoli at home, got a couple goals out of it, tried to stay in a little bit, and then eventually we're just overwhelmed. But I think that I think that Hellas Verona still have the talent to stay up. I'm still I'm still saying Salernitana, Lecce, and Cremonese are the three teams that go down. And there's nothing that's going on in the first two weeks of the season that's changing my mind. Um, but where where are you at with what we're seeing out of the teams that are sitting 17th to 20th? Yeah, I mean, of the, of the four teams, I think the team the team of the four that's probably not where they should be is Hellas. I think eventually they will be more in the like the previous grouping that we just had. I think, I mean, there's still some talent there. Yeah, they had lost a lot of players there, um, but I think they're they struggle the first two games they have, um, and I think they can get it figured out. Where where did where did Henri go to? Hellas Verona. Hellas. Yep, he scored uh, scored against Bologna. 
Yeah, and I think he scored the first week. Yeah, so I think he, I think he eventually is going to get the goal scoring started with them. I thought he was a Hellas. I couldn't remember. Um, but it's still early struggles for them. They're still trying to figure their way out. Obviously, losing Simeone early is going to be a big thing. Um, losing some of the players that they lost already. But I think this team is pretty good overall. Um, they have some talent there, and I don't think they're as bad as Cremonese, Lecce, or Monza. Um, I want to read the message. I was chatting with the U.S. Lecce fan club from U.K., uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times already, and we were talking about the early season struggles so far for Lecce, and this is their commentary to me. Uh, it says, uh, "Just thought I'd let you know our thoughts on the game, on the first two games. Uh, two tough teams so far. Didn't expect to have points on board at this stage, so they're right on pace, pretty much, right? Uh, Performance-wise, they're giving a great account of themselves. A couple of signings will help them. They're hoping for Titi. Uh, Empoli at home on Sunday is our first winnable game, so let's see what happens." Um, so they they think they're where they're supposed to be. At. I mean, I, I agree with I agree with that too. I think they're they've had some tough games so far. Um, played Inter tough, nearly got a point there. That was a, that was a good tactical game for them. They nearly pulled it off in that game. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's see what they do against Eppoli. Eppoli, we'll get a good good a good test of where Eppoli and, and Lecce are this uh, this weekend coming up because uh, that is a winnable game for Lecce for both teams. Someone needs yep. to get three points. Hopefully, it's not a zero-zero game, but I, I think someone will get a win in that game, and maybe it'll be Lecce. Um, Monza, I think, still have time. As some of the chat mentioned, you know, all these teams will will benefit from the World Cup because they're not going to be losing any players, right? Uh, and they're going to get there. I think Monza is a lot better than than twentieth place. They're going to get the points this year. I just they're trying to get used to each other and get a lot of new players and new faces on this team, and they're trying to get used to it. Uh, I think it was. Nemo or someone had mentioned this on Twitter that they just need a manager, right? If they can replace their manager, things will maybe go up really, really fast for them. But uh, 20th is a little harsh. I think they'll be around the relegation zone for sure. But uh, yeah, them and Cremonese. Cremonese is probably the one for me that is probably going to be here all season long. Yep. I mean, all, all three teams probably will be, but I think Cremonese is probably the worst of the bunch, honestly. Um, yeah, they got two goals against Fiorentina, but that could just have been more of Fiorentino having lapses in judgment more than anything else. But, you know, Okareke, we both like him, right? We like him at Venezia, and yep. he's the one player that we really love uh, love on, on Cremonese. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty straightforward, honestly. Yeah, Cremonese are quite fortunate to be on zero points with a minus two goal difference. I mean, on the performances with the teams against them, they should be on zero points with a minus eight goal difference or even higher than that. So it's just, it's I mean, two teams that just had their way with them and just didn't, you know, couldn't couldn't stretch those games enough. Roma did everything possible. And then Chris Smalling finally said, let me show you guys how to score a goal. So, <laughs> um, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. So that's where we think things are at. This was our overall comprehensive first impressions of everybody, uh, you know, through the first two match weeks. Uh, you know, we kind of given you an idea of who we think, uh, whose whose position we think flatters them? Whose position we think is is it's it's unlucky that they're there right now. So, uh, if you listen to this, give us your comments on on who you think is got upside from where they are, uh, and who's probably a little higher than where they should be at City. I'll sit down on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Thought we would do that in lieu of doing the highlights since four matches involved eight teams that didn't feel like scoring goals. So. Um, uh. Yep. Yeah, and then there were a further few other teams that didn't score either. So Cremonese, Spezia, um, among, I think, one or two others. So yeah. brutal week for the goals. Um, 
So something that we're not particularly used to. So uh, the only other, this Rafael Leao situation, that this this buzz with Chelsea. I've heard of that. Can't see it happening. Okay. I, I can't see Mel, I can't see Milan moving on. And, and Martino Puccio made the point on Twitter. Um, you know, unless Milan get what they think is the right market value for him, with only having about what seven days to find his replacement, not happening. There's no way. Um, now, if you told me we'd get, we being Milan, Ziek, Polisic, and forty million, would you do it? It's, it's an interesting debate, and I, and I think uh, shout out to Mina Razuki. I think I said you said her name. Uh, she yep. said like the best out of anyone I saw in the situation. Exactly what you're saying is like, why would Milan give up on their best player? Clearly, the best player on the team, he, league MVP. Well, that's the only part that that's the only part where I did disagree with her. I don't know if he was like clearly their best player, but he was player of the season last year. I mean, you got Te, Teo Mainan. When he's on, I mean, when he's on yeah. who's better than yes. him on a team? I would say sure. When he's on, but. Um, that point standing like seven days ago, and and I tell you what you're saying and what she said also is like, yeah, you give us you give you give Zayac and and Pulisic, you got two attacking midfield or two attacking yeah midfielders who can come in, that's tempting plus money, but what you're gonna have is an adaptation period for those guys to get to the league and and with new team members and all that stuff, and there'll be some growing pains that she mentioned right. Um, definitely go check out her video. On, I think it was on ESPN or, or something like or maybe Sky Sports or something like that. Uh, listen to her commentary there, but I. Would I take that? If it was early in the window, I would say yes. Yeah. So late in the season, or so late in the Mercato, I think it... Can't see it happening. No, it'll be, Mm-mm. as she put it, an adaptation period, which I, it would take Milan to struggle for at least a few weeks, if not more, to get those players adapted to the league and, and new roles and this and that. Um, and you get the derby right after the window closes. Yeah, and that means a lot to the Milanese clubs. It doesn't, you know... Derby's mean a lot to everywhere, but this is you know it's another level when you're talking about you know these two giants. And so, yeah. I don't see it happen personally. I mean, if if Chelsea come up and say, "Hey, here's 150 million euros," how do you pass it up? But Dominic if- is saying yes to it. Uh, Pulisic, Pulisic, Ziyech, and 40 million. I don't think it's right a now. Bad deal. I think the timing is the bad deal, right? Yeah. I think Ziyech, Pulisic, and 40 million. That's that's great, but with nine days or seven days to go in the window, that's hard for Milan to get back. Just stay at the top level. They're gonna have an sure. adaptation period. That's where it gets me. Sure, um, you'd okay. easily you'd easily have a step back for yeah. a a period of time to let everybody figure it out. It would solve the right wing and left wing issues. Yes, for sure, no doubt yeah. about that. But it would take time, so. um, especially with the derby so close. And I think also if you you offered Milan 150 million euros, Milan would take it, and I wouldn't blame them. But again, you're not gonna find anybody in seven days to replace them unless you bring in two guys like Zayic and, and Pulisic. And even then it'll still be an adaptation period, which will take time. And I don't know if Milan want to risk that with already dropping points so far and, and, and the rival, the biggest rivals haven't. So. Ziyech may be going to Ajax back to that. That's been talked about. I mean, man United was talked about, but I think that's getting killed. Yeah. So. Um, it worked for Tadic, right? He went, he started Ajax and went back to Ajax and had a fantastic end of his, his career there. Yeah. So, he's been uh, great. He's been great. So, so yeah, I wanted to wanted to address that because that's been that's been coming up. A lot of people are talking about it, at least on social media. Um, Anthony's saying no less than one hundred million for Leon. I, I, if you're just talking about straight up money, but if you're talking about 
a couple of players and say in the 40 to 50 range, I would be open to doing, I would be open to doing that too. So um, Ollie is saying, pull us, he said, give us Ziek a center back. Do we, I mean, does Milan need a center back right now? Depth wise, because all the, all the tournaments are going to be in. Well, that's just the point. You're not going to go and get a center back that's currently on Chelsea to come to Milan. No one and you be can't depth bring behind better than Kalulu or Tomoria at the moment. Right. Uh, so, and right now the way they're the way things are going, and yeah, I understand Kulibali just got over there. They're trying to figure it out. Uh, Tuchel's just watched a couple of Chelsea games, and I think we're starting to see some age in Thiago Silva here. Um, as well, too, because they're starting time to. Time is undefeated. Chelsea's conceding them some goals right now. So, um, but anyway, uh, so it's an interesting question. You know, if, you know, I mean, yeah, at least a hundred million if you're just talking about straight up money with no players. But you know, if you start throwing a couple of players into it and another forty million, then you know, a conversation can be had. So, yeah, just a thought. Just a thought. I think that. And the reason why I say Pulisic is Pulisic can give something. He certainly can't give what, what I don't think he can give what Leal can give, but no, there's <laughs> Milan has never shied away from a player that can provide them a, a marketing aspect either. So, um, so <laughs> and having an American in Milan would certainly at least raise the profile of the club here. For so sure, for sure. on the side of the pond, I so like to see it, but not yep. take sense of Leal maybe it was worth spitballing. Yeah. So, it's our podcast. You don't want to talk about that. Do your own podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That in mind, we have uh, talked about some of the kind of the major transfer stuff that's been talked about. We gave our first impressions of every team in this league. Uh, this is the only place you're going to find that. Nobody else is really doing that. Eh, a couple of guys are just kind of giving brief comments here and there, but we're happy to go in depth for you. And who what else? Uh, what's that? Looking out for the little guy. Absolutely. And and, and and by the way, who else is giving you the world's most popular hashtag game than us? That's right. It's time for Who Won Calcio Twitter, Richard. It Take is away. indeed. It is indeed. First entry this week, uh, nominated by Inter Dave. And it's the big show, of course. Who else? And it says, uh, Chelsea has put more money into Inter than Zhang this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find that. Where is where'd you uh okay? There you go. Okay. Um, all right. So uh our friend Bob Lex brought a nominee to the table. Let's take a quick look at that. Uh it is uh at Odridismo, post-game celebrations with Pulisic on the team. <laughs> Guns. There's a gun. Uh it's the American thing, I guess. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Captain America, LeBron James of football. Oh, I guess that's the original picture, I guess. Whatever. So mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, what is next? Next one is uh, nominated by Francesco Alberga, and it's Matteo de, Gio de Genova. Uh, it says, the closest Serie A is getting to winning a Champions League. And it's uh, a guy that you met this on the shirt. And uh, two guys, these two guys, I guess, are friends that stood next to the trophy. Uh, and so they seen you in right there. So. <laughs> Oh, my. Oh, God, this next one. Okay. Uh, we had uh, at Kuz Sexy. <laughs> Di Maria versus Sassuolo. <laughs> one legged guy. One legged <laughs> <laughs> oh. guy. with his prosthetic. 
Nice goal, though. Nice goal. Yeah, yeah it was. Definitely. Uh, Maria. Poor Di Maria. I hope he gets better quick. All right, let me jump into this here before we go on to the rest of the nominees. I challenged our regulars at Who Won Couch Show Twitter to uh, describe what was going on here in their best Calcio terms. Uh, this is from at Football Twats. Uh, what the actual F is going on here. And this <laughs> is glorious. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. What's the song, by the way? I have no idea. Oh, it's a 70s song. Oh. So I retweeted it and I said, this is a reenactment of West Germany versus Austria at the 1982 World Cup. <laughs> That's like the closest thing I could come to. So, <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, I will uh, tell you uh, that I did get some replies, mainly from Nerazzurri and from Napoli Sansone. Um, and uh, let's see what they had to say. Uh, uh, Napoli Sansoni immediately said, don't want to get canceled. Turning away, <laughs> sipping the coffee like he doesn't even see it. <laughs> and then uh, Big Show saying, I don't want to touch that. As chef, I don't want to touch that with a 40-foot pole. <laughs> so, um, And with, to which I said to both of them, I said, you've been challenged. And he said, I can't get suspended, bro. It's <laughs> like, all right, fine. So, so that in and of itself is funny. I, I, I thought that video smells like Axe body spray, according to George. So Yeah, yeah. Pretty damn close. All right. Let's now now we can move on, Richard. Okay, let's move on here. Um Bob nominated another one. This is uh Casemiro arriving at Manchester United this weekend. Uh, I got the pizza guy. Uh oh, there's a fire going on. Let me uh <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily uh not necessarily a, a culture one, but still funny nonetheless. Okay, yes. so uh our friend Uncle Sharma was nominated by at Nate. For 28, Patania, when the Monza coach asked him to make runs behind the Napoli defense. It's hard work. This because I ain't fucking 14 stone. That's why I'm 18 stone. I'm heavy. It's hard work. This. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, you like that one. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. That's good. I like that. All right. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Uh, Syria memes this one and it's uh Bremen. Sabdoria Juventus highlight Bremer to the Shilio back to Bremer back to the Shilio <laughs> just passing the same guys over and over again not doing anything <laughs> oh Simpsons <laughs> reference there I love it oh all right incredible okay so <laughs> oh, Richard found a picture of uh, Parasinich and Saturnian uh, doing a How to Win Calcio, Who Won Calcio, Win, Who Won Calcio Twitter podcast. <laughs> it looks just, I, I saw the video and I, I immediately thought of them. I was like, I, I gotta say something. I gotta say something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of them, uh, Parasinich chiming in with the next one. Uh, it's Allegri literally created a 7-0-2 formation and is walking around as a free man. <laughs> <laughs> with Vlahovic. There you go. Vlahovic behind the goalie. See, I, I saw it here too. So there you go. Yeah, I think there's a thread here. Let's see. What else did he say? Um, no, there's not a thread. No, no, just people commenting on it. So, oh, oh. All right. So... That was Parasnitch in the house. Okay, uh, I nominated myself at No Context Footy. Radu at Inter. 
<laughs> Kid Walk makes the save, the and then he walks the ball across the line. Oh, Roger. Poor Roger. <laughs> Poor, bless his heart. Bless his heart. All uh, right. Next one is from Paolo Azed. And so the original tweet was from Force Juventus. says, Massimiliano Legri and the Juventus management will need meet to talk about the transfer market today. The actual meeting went like this. I got bastard out of it. I What's the rest of it? Oh, my God. I'm too busy laughing. Just cursing at each other. That's, I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, I think we've got them as the leader right now. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Uncle Sharma's first ones. And here's Uncle Sharma's second one. Juventus players trying to create one scoring chance under Allegri. <laughs> what are they even doing? I have no idea. I saw oil, this TikTok video. Oil? I think it's some sort of mining. It's I think they're yeah. mining uh crude oil? It's some sort of no, not crude oil. Um I can send this to my brother in law. I I think they're trying to get core samples. Oh, okay. But either way, they're trying hard. <laughs> For nothing. I that's my guess. I <laughs> I'm probably terribly wrong. Okay, so uh if we have Parasnitch, we're gonna have Saturnion and Saturnion's here. Leao in December. <laughs> Lukaku. <laughs> Oh, at Chelsea. Yep. So. Oh my God. Okay. All right. This one comes from uh, Mark Galliani. Brahim Diaz to Sky Italia on his kit number. I like to wear number ten because I always make sure my team always plays a ten. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And finally, we have uh, Luventino at LDV 1995. Uh, picture by picture comparison Max Allegri against Sassuolo versus Max Allegri against Samp. Oh, Joe Cappuccino for Joe. <laughs> uh, look at Joe's, Joe's reaction. What? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's funny. Oh, oh right. man. That, that, that so... Brown Diaz one is <laughs> That is Joe Cappuccino. I was like, the... it is. Yes. <laughs> oh man okay so who wins we've got ac maruk i think is is one that with the brahim diaz yeah that definitely. uh i think uh the follow is, uh, is dead is on there and i think um let's see here uncle sharma's first one oh uncle sharma's first one now where is it at Oh, Catania when the Monza coach asks. Oh him to yeah, make yeah, 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 okay. yeah. All right, so <laughs> I ain't fucking fourteen stone. I'm eighteen. I'm heavy. I'm <laughs> okay. Heavy. <laughs> so good. there's there's that one. Yeah. There is, and what was the next one we said? We said was uh, Paolo is dead. Yeah. The Juventus meeting, management meeting, where they're just cursing at each other. Yep. <laughs> uh, or we have AC Maruk. Yeah. So, um, Dominic likes the Diaz and the Casemiro one. Uh, Apex likes the Uncle Sharma one. Um, pies for everyone, huh? Pies for everybody. Oh, man. So, oh, let's see. Oh. I am going with... Um, oh, this is... I'm, I'm leaving everybody in suspense here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with 
Uncle Sharma. Uncle Sharma. All right, I'll go with that. It's it's tough. All three of them are good. I, I, it they're all great. They're all good. Yeah. They're they're all great. Um, but I will give Uncle Sharma the win. Uh, this week. Uh, so Uncle Sharma, I'm sure you're listening. I'm sure you will listen. Congratulations. You have won Calcho Twitter for the week. Uh, it was a three horse race, but you come out on top. Richard, I'm going to go ahead and retweet this. And uh, while I do that, why don't you say something to the people? Hi, people. No. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, Tuesday. Yeah, we'll be back. I think we'll be back on Sunday, but uh, a lot of big games coming up this weekend. We're excited about um can't wait. Just some, we're gonna find out a lot about a lot of these teams here. Some big matchups coming up. I mean, obviously Juventus Roma is the one that we're gonna focus on uh, the most, just to see where these two clubs are in their different projects. Lazio Inter, uh, big game there. Um, also looking at Napoli Fiorentina should be a goal fest in that one over over there. And then um, curious to see how Hellas and Atalanta play. It's probably a low scoring game, honestly. There, but anyway, good games coming up this weekend. Hopefully, some more goals than we saw this past weekend. Uh, yeah, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, it would be definitely Please. much appreciated. And then uh, follow us everywhere on social media, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, obviously. And um, yeah, wherever. Anywhere and everywhere. We're, we're everywhere. Yep. Let's go Let's go through here. We've got Lazio uh, hosting Inter on Friday the 26th. Yep. Um, I, I don't think Lazio has it together yet, and I think Inter is going to nick a narrow win here. Um, I'll go 2-1 Inter. I like it. Two 0 okay. I'm gonna say two 0 You're gonna say two 0 Okay. I think I think I think Immobile is gonna score. Um, we've got Juventus against Roma. Um, a, I, can I say nil nil? Because I just I I'm not. Has written it all convinced. over it, right? Yeah, I think it's got nil nil written all over it. Um, if a goal comes, I think that it is going to be. Roma, who has the better chance of scoring, their defense is played together a little bit more, a little bit more organized, um, and uh, I could see them slipping one past uh, Juve. And Mourinho gets his win finally against a, a seven a seven sister that's not Atalanta. Uh, and then finally for Sunday, uh, Fiorentina and Napoli. We think that's a boat race. Uh, Napoli four, Fiorentina two. Uh, I said Inter are going to win two nothing in their game. I say Roma wins two to one. Paolo Dybala gets the game winner and kisses the badge in front of Juventus fans. Uh, and then, or he uh, does the he does the gladiator in front of the ultras. I want to see him kiss the badge. That's what I see him kiss the badge after okay. after crying for Juventus and then kiss the badge. Anyway, uh, I digress. And then I think Napoli's going to stomp all over. Uh, not stop all over. They're going to score goals. Five two is my prediction against Fiorentina. You think they think there's goals in that Juve Roma game, huh? I'm, I'm two one, not many, not many, but there will. It has a draw written all over it, but I'm an optimist. I'm thinking I'm optimist. it's a, I'm thinking it's a grind, but we'll yeah. see. So, well, with that, we'll put a bow on this edition of City I Sit Down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can also find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts. There's City I Sit Down at City I Sit Down on Twitter and Instagram. Any comments, thoughts, questions for future podcasts, please bring them there. Uh, if you have a nominee for who won Calcio Twitter, uh, retweet it. Hashtag who won Calcio Twitter. Keep it clean. Keep it civil. Keep it fun. Uh, nothing offensive, please. Uh, so um, we're also on Facebook, uh, although we don't check that one as often. So uh, so do please 
uh, subscribe to the channel, as Richard mentioned, if this was your first time watching us here on YouTube. And uh, please uh, subscribe uh, to uh, one of wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it would help us out a lot. So, um, last question is coming from Dominic. The hang time on Dybala and Agnelli's stare down. The whole time, just looking at him like this, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Ten seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. So, all game we're going to go with. That'd be awesome. So, so. All right. And yeah, we will be back with you guys on Sunday night, uh, recapping a big, big weekend uh, in City Off. Six of the top eight in, in head to head matchups shake up the table just a little bit. So, uh, but that's it for Richard. I'm Frank. As always, tell your paisans about us. Ciao. <laughs>